Welcome to 247 Real Talk. I'm your host, Julian Perry, along with my guest for this podcast, Kiara McFarlane. We're going to be discussing a topic on the mental health called self-love and self-caring. So hi, Kiara. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's great for you to be here. So I've spoken to you a little bit before about uh, self-love and self-caring, and you're very passionate about it. So why don't we start off by you telling us a bit about you know why you're so passionate about it and uh, any background you have that uh, allows you to be able to provide insight into self-love and self-caring. Um, well, I feel like ever since I was a little girl, um, I've had the journey of discovering what self-love really meant to me. I was always shy, um, very timid, didn't really have that many friends in school because I didn't talk to a lot of people. And it's different when, you know, your parents, are pouring the love to you and saying, you know, we love you so much. You're beautiful. You're gorgeous. You know, you could do anything versus when you go outside in the real world and then people can tell you different things. So I had my own experience with that. And I feel like that has helped me. My experience has helped me to kind of give insight to others about that topic because I feel like I've reached a level of loving myself. That's really great. So if we look at self-love and self-caring, especially as it relates to mental health, we see a lot of, uh, at least I have noticed a lot of stories in the news and uh, extra TV uh, emails I get about so many people in society today that are suffering with depression to the point where you have many people who have lots of resources, lots of money, lots of fame, but yet they get, they, they tip over the edge. Some of them so far gone as they commit suicide. Um, and I think what I've understood from my conversations with you is the fact that self-love and self-caring is such a, an important dynamic into keeping balance where mental health is concerned. Yeah, absolutely. I believe that sometimes, you know, when you're in a rut or you're feeling down, you want to um, kind of identify why it is that you're feeling the way that you do. So you're feeling overwhelmed or too much pressure from people or you're burnt out. I feel a lot of times people go through those things and they keep it in. So, like, you got to really ask yourself, what are the factors that got me to this point? Because I can talk all about, you know, positive self-talk and having a positive mindset, but then that won't necessarily be as effective if you don't adjust the elephant in the room as to why you feel the way that you do. Okay, so if, if when we talk about self-love and self-caring and wanting to 
give a message to listeners and to anyone we can reach, um, allowing them to empower themselves to understand how they get from the, you know, a place of depression where they feel uh, no motivation or they feel um, they have a lack of, of, of self-worth. How do you get from a place of depression and lack of self-worth to a place of self-love and self-caring enough that you overcome the mental health challenges? Well, that's a good question because sometimes people get so overwhelmed by their emotions that they don't realize it's, you know, it's not going to happen overnight. Self-love and, you know, self-care, it's not going to happen overnight. That's an ongoing process. I mean, it's still an ongoing process for me, you know? So my advice would honestly be, like, if you are in a state where you feel overwhelmed with sadness and, you know, anger, maybe even depression, you want to get to that point where you feel fulfilled and you feel happy and content. The first thing you got to do is to really sit down and evaluate yourself. And a lot of times people talk about, oh, self-care, just put on a face mask or take a bubble bath. That Those things are good, but if you're not really look, looking in from deep within, really evaluate yourself like what's my strength what's my weaknesses how can I use that to help me get to the point where I want to be then after you do that it will be the process the ongoing process in that journey that will help you get to that point so is it is it would you say that it's a journey when we say we use the word self twice in self-love and self-caring but is it truly a journey that you are totally responsible for yourself or do we as, as a larger group, as a society, as, as partners of each other have a role to play in empowering someone or helping someone to get to that place? Because, you know, we often hear about people before they get to a certain point um, where their mental health is diminished is, is there are many signs of them, crying out for help, so to speak. And most people in society don't recognize it either because they're too busy or because, you know, they don't know what to look for. And also, too, we don't know what to do if we can or can't help that person. So what would you say? Well, what I would say is that, you know, you're absolutely right. People do deal with a lot. And you'd be surprised at the amount of people who feel down and broken inside, but still have a smile on their face every single day because they're just hiding those emotions. And as people, I feel that it is important to, you know, talk to our brothers and sisters, talk to our neighbors, talk to our friends and our family members and just pour kindness into them because you never know what the person is going through. You never know. And it's not like, people are going to say it because they want to paint the picture of a perfect reality. So it's not like the average person is going to say, you know, Hey, I'm really um, not feeling it today. I'm really depressed or, you know, I'm sad. I haven't been able to get out of bed and take a shower or just go for a walk just because of how sad I am. People go through that really, really often. And so 
as people, we should always check on our friends and our families and our neighbors to make sure that they're okay and know not to judge. That's another thing because the whole reason as to why they keep it inside is because they're afraid that they may look, they may look um, a certain weight to the person. And so they keep it inside because they don't want to be judged. So creating a safe space to talk is always the best thing to do. But I say self a lot because I feel like once you have that self-love and once you care for yourself, other people supporting you and loving you is like an addition, like a positive addition to that. But now, so as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking if someone, and I mean, I hear a lot of times when someone reaches that, that extreme point and you hear people after the fact say, you know, I never really recognized that something was wrong. I didn't know they were going through this. I didn't know. I mean, and as you also said, people put on an outward appearance that everything is okay. So you know, in trying to sort of bridge the gap between that and just the folks that are around you every day seeing signs or, or knowing what the signs are, how do you, or is it possible to, and maybe it is, but isn't it possible to, when you have someone who is purposely hiding their depression for appearances, is it possible to still recognize what's going on uh, with that person? I think, it is to a certain extent. People are very good at hiding and pretending, but I feel like if you really pay attention, you can see the signs. So whether they started acting different or whether you as their friend or family or relative, whoever you are to them, whether you know that they just dealt with something really big, really life-changing, and you see that their actions are different or their portraying themselves in a different way, then that's when you should say, you know, hey, like, is everything okay? What, what's going on with you? Like, what, how, what have you been thinking lately? You know? And just to give an example, I remember when my grandmother passed away, I was devastated, completely, completely devastated. And I feel like I actually went through most of the stages of grief, so denial, sadness, anger, you name it. And it was like all these emotions mixed in. And it was when I was transitioning from high school to college because I had graduated early. And, you know, everybody was so proud of me. They were like, this is such a great accomplishment, you know, graduating high school early and starting college early. We're so proud of you. And, you know, I painted that picture perfect reality for myself to portray that I was fine because I didn't know if people were just gonna you know overwhelm me with questions or I didn't know if they would think that I was overreacting so I mostly kept it inside and my mom was actually the one that kind of realized because she knows me. My mom noticed that, you know, I would stay in my room a lot. Or 
I wouldn't, you know, do certain things that I usually do. And so that example right there, you know, because my mom is somebody that knows me, right? She sees that some of my actions weren't how they used to be or how I was changing. And so that's when she steps in and say, hey, like, is everything okay? What's been going through your mind lately? You know, how are you feeling? So those are the things, those are the, the signs that other people can see to help the ones that they love or care about. Okay. So that, that's, a, that's a valid point, and that's a very good point that we, you know, we need to pay attention to each other in, in every sense. And we need to, as, as, as human beings that care for each other, we need to pay attention. We need to act like human beings that care for each other and pay attention, whether it be a family member or a coworker you've worked with for a while. But, um, you know, I think that there's so many difficulties, you know, where, where, where it comes to mental health and sometimes it's more complicated you know the things that 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 get a person to the point where they they lose that sense of self worth can be a multitude of things. Um, uh, as we think about, for instance, someone right now in this time where they were they were already feeling uh, the challenge of 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 you know self worth, and then we have this whole coronavirus thing that brings a whole different dynamic of you know, different uh, mental health challenges for everyone from doctors to, I mean, we've seen doctors who have lost their sense of self-worth because they were overwhelmed by the amount of patients. And even though they kept trying and trying and trying, they were losing these patients. They were dying. And, and you know, there are certain professions or certain things in our lives where we take the responsibility personally even though you know, it really isn't but if you're that emotional or, or, or if you're that tied to it that is what happens and we have a lot of um, advertisements out there and a lot of outreach out there that says you know tries to tell people to reach out to someone for help but I can't help thinking that since we see so many people even from prominent to you know unknown for say unknown people who don't have prominence in society or whatever all go through this mental health issue on a level playing field, you know, and telling them to reach out, you know, it, it seems like in, in many cases they still don't. It's like saying to them, we can help you doesn't necessarily translate to them saying, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to reach out because I want to be helped. Yeah. And it's, I feel like mental health or mental illness, rather, has such a stigma to it. You know, people, some people even refer to it or associate it with, you know, the crazy, right? And so people know that. People know that. They hear it. And if you're somebody who is suffering from something and you hear those things, and you're conscious of it, you're not going to want to get the help because you're afraid of what other people may say to you. And that stigma is so 
like the magnitude of it is just so heartbreaking because now we have people who are suffering in silence because of that. And I remember I actually did a research paper a while ago about the services open to people who had a mental illness in my area, which I live in, Jamaica, Queens, right? And I called up the places. I called about, I feel like, 10, 15 places. They even went to voicemail. They weren't ex- they weren't um, taking new patients in or it just rang out. Now, if I was somebody that was going through something traumatic and I needed the help and I called all those 15 places and it either rang out, they weren't expecting nobody or voicemail, that would make me feel even worse. And it may even worse than the situation worse than what I'm feeling. And so I feel that there should be more resources out there. There should be more people talking about mental health and mental illness because more people people suffer in silence. And we as people really need to be there for each other to help them go through that process. Whatever the process looks like, we just have to help them and be there for them. You made two very powerful points, um, and I'm going to touch on both of them. The first one is very obvious that if we're going to advertise and, and solicit and, and, and do outreach to people to, you know, to have them feel comfortable enough to reach out to us for help and implore them to do it, when they do reach out, the resources have to be available. And I agree with you, you know, people, I mean, you call that many places because of a research paper, but I'm sure someone who is really feeling at the end of their rope, sometimes it's one phone call. Sometimes that's all they, they've been brave enough to, to, to make is one phone call and the resource has to be there. But the second part, I think that was what you said that was really powerful was the stigma. I can remember... Um, you know, working at different places where where I've had this conversation where people have said, you know, I feel like I need to talk to someone. And the the organization or the company would have those services listed as part of the employee assistance program. But historically, when you went to speak to those people in what's supposed to be a confidential forum, it would somehow end up on your employment record. And early on in this whole mental health thing, as we were figuring it out, people didn't realize that that was a major problem because what was happening, I think, that is when, when there was time for promotion or whatever, people would get a hold of your record and, be, and they would see the fact that you spoke to someone. It could be purely innocent, but you would lose opportunities because of that. And so people, I think, even to this day, have that stigma, you know, even though the, like the resources might be readily available in their job or whatever as part of their unions or whatever the case may be, and they're scared to do it because they believe that the result is not going to be positive for them or their career. Yeah, and, and and they just feel like it goes in your record and it never stays confidential and it looks 
you know, it looks really bad to a potential employer. So that is really, you know, really an important point because we have to get past the stigma. We have to get past um, mental health being looked down on and shunned. We have to recognize that it is a real challenge and a real illness and not to ignore it. And I think we as human beings all play a part in helping someone that we recognize that's going through this difficulty you know, to, to either offer assistance in terms of you know, just listening or pointing them in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. The stigma is really, really horrible because people, like I said before, people suffer in silence, which then could play into a lot of things, right? Because early we, we said self-love, right? They could start feeling bad about themselves. They could start talking neg- negative about themselves, which then can lead to not taking care of themselves, self-care. And it's just like a whole cycle that could have been avoided if we as people did what we needed to do. And it's okay, like, it's okay to not be okay. And I hear that all the time. But when I say that, it means, like, embrace what you're feeling and what you're going through. Like, don't ever try to push those feelings down or repress any memories, you know? Because we look at media, social media, the news, and we see everyone succeed and then we start to look down at ourselves and evaluate ourselves for not being in those positions that we see other people being in. And a lot of times, especially on social media, people paint a picture of them living their best life when in reality, sometimes it's living their best life. Because not everybody on social media is going to post when they're feeling down or when they're just in a rut. People want to post things that make them feel happy, that, you know, make other people maybe even jealous, you know? And other people see that and then it gets to them. Yeah, that is that is so true, too, in the sense that I've seen um where you've, you've heard us, like, again, people are well-known or, or semi-well-known, celebrities or whatever, that who commit suicide or something like that. And then when they look at their social media, they say, wow, look, you know, a couple of days ago they posted a picture. They seem so happy. And, you know, that is the that is one of the issues that is so difficult to solve because these days everything is on social media. And like you said, people feel that even in their worst moments, um, they need to pretend to the world or their followers, because everybody's after followers and subscribers and these things, that they're okay and that everything is fine when they're suffering in silence. So um, there's so much more we can talk about and we will as we, as we you know, go deeper into this on, on other episodes um, on the mental health. But... Um, as we wrap this one up, this podcast up, I'd like you to leave a, you know, give a message, leave them, leave us with a message from your thoughts to those folks out there who might be dealing with this challenge. 
Um, I would say for sure, go at your own pace and don't look at societal standards of how your life should be. You know, if if that means take a break, then take a break, take a social media break or take a news break. But everything going on in the world now, sometimes it become it can become overwhelming. And so sometimes you got to just turn off the TV because it can be too much, you know, or take a social media break. Social media can be so draining when it's not used correctly. So, like, who are you following, right? The people who you're following is on your score page. If you're just following people who post pictures of their bodies, so, like, their rock-hard abs or their hourglass body shape, then you start to feel down about yourself because that's not something that you look like, right? Like I said, social media could be very draining. So if you're not feeling fulfilled or empowered after you come off of the media, whether it's watching the news or going through your timeline, then take a break and understand that everybody goes through something. So if that means you have to start journaling down what you're going through, writing down what you're going through, or talking to a trusted friend or family member, or maybe even a therapist even. Sometimes a lot of people feel as if if you go to a therapist, something has to be wrong with you, right? That's absolutely wrong. Sometimes you just want to talk to somebody just to have somebody to listen to, you know? So taking care of yourself and taking care of your mental health comes first because you are a priority. Great, great. So um, on that note, we're going to wrap it up with this podcast. I want to thank you so much for being on the show. And I do look forward to having you on future podcasts and uh, chatting more about, you know, this challenge in society today. Thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. Thank you for having me. It was a wonderful time. <laughs> Great. Thanks. I want to say a special thank you to my guest, Kiara McFarlane. Special thank you to my listeners and supporters. You can continue to listen to the podcasts on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And you can find all our podcasts plus uh, a place to leave your comments on the website at www.247realtalk.net. Until the next time, be good to yourselves and each other.